This is Margaret Coleman Franklitz with another episode of Diabetic Survival. Okay, so I am trying to survive in today's turbulent times. We we got through the pandemic quite nicely. And, you know, I, I got to backtrack here a little bit because this is getting really weird. Because, um, you know, as you know, during the pandemic, they were trying to push, you know, the shot and everything. And there are people who did. There are people who did not. Okay, that's great. But now it seems like there are a couple of companies out there trying to force mandates on people to actually get this vaccine, which only has, like, uh, like, well, for one, it has a shelf life, right? But two, um, it only has, like, a, a 50% chance of working, and that's being optimistic about it. So, um kind of weird and then you got like uh, boosters for the rest of your life because and I, they haven't even caught up to all the different viruses that are actually out there or the different mutations I should call it so I just thought I'd say that right off the bat getting kind of weird out there getting kind of shady now um like here in the U.S. like here in the U.S. okay um I, I had a job change uh which actually is pretty devastating on my finances so um, I'm, I'm having to actually look out into the world of work and try to see where I can actually find opportunities to make up for this, this lack of the job that I was doing for four years. So, um, and of course I was fired without real, any real reason. I was just like, oh. So, you know, stuff happens, um, moving on, things change, okay, great. Not necessarily worth my hard work or time, but uh, it kind of makes, uh, just so you know, it, it kind of makes jobs obsolete because if you cannot maintain what you have and you're, you're living a bit pretty basic lifestyle as it is, um, it kind of makes you wonder why work in the first place. So I just, you know, like if, if there's any big powerful people listening, I just want you to know that. There's no sense in working a job if you're just going to have all of it taken away. So doesn't matter what kind of you know patches they actually put on any programs out there because if you're going to pull those programs such as uh pretty much how they've devastated west virginia with a couple of um you know lawsuits that didn't go through and uh program funding that has been cut um basically you're telling people oh just go ahead and die you don't matter it's okay continue to work your 60 hours a week and we don't care if you lose everything so you know um, things got to change. Things have to change. But so far, the changes I've seen have not been good. They're not pretty. So, you know, I'm thinking, that's okay. There's gig work. I can always do gig work, and that'll make up until, you know, I find something else. Well, I, I actually do have a part-time job that I found. Um, it took me a few weeks to actually find, but I did find it. And it's great because it's something that I can actually get behind and support. So... Uh, basically, um, I'm working for a charitable organization where they're actually raising money for other charitable organizational funds. And I've heard they work, so until I'm proven wrong, I think I'm in the right spot. So I'm happy about that. They're sending money to needy people all over the world. So I'm like, I'm really happy about that. Okay, so enough about that. So in the meantime, I'm actually looking at the gig economy, and the gig economy is crap right now, Okay. So, and there's, there's employees going, I should call them employees, but they kind of are, okay? Um, 
I don't know if I should get into this, but the whole gig economy is going, like, it's been going downhill for a while, but, um, you know, in, in the gig economy, you're working as an independent contractor. However, um, there are companies out there that don't think that you need upfront pricing. Like, you don't need to know how much you're getting paid until after you've done the job. And then they'll pay you accordingly. Um, that is not independent contracting work. And just to prove my point there, who in the world, in the real world, um, does not know how much they're paying for that job if they're an independent contractor? Because most people I know, they put bids in, like how much they're willing to accept in order to do a job. You don't have that in the gig economy. They kind of make their own rules. This is the problem. This is the reason why the, the U.S. government is actually fighting them on this right now. Well, one of the many reasons. I don't know if they know about that reason, but it may be one of the many reasons. So in my area, like I've heard, like for instance, in California, they finally allowed workers to actually be able to see how much they're actually making. However, in the world of West Virginia, you are clueless. You're driving in blind. You have no idea how much you're going to make until after the job's done. And usually it's less than what you would pay for a gallon of gas. Yeah, and you just did all that work. What's the point? Like, what is the bloody point? Oh, I'm talking like an English person. Okay, so there's not any point in it. And so, um, like the rideshare platforms, complete garbage. Yes, there are some, you know, there are some golden boys or golden girls out there that are making a killing right now, but it's definitely not in my area. And if it is in my area, then they get to do all the work. So the reason why I'm telling you about this is because I'm a diabetic girl, as you know. And I'm in the world of survival. I feel like I've been in survival since I was actually diagnosed as a diabetic. So I've had all kinds of things thrown at me. And I'm like wondering, okay, how, do, how have I been able to manage ever since I became a diabetic? And I'm going to tell you, it's fierce motivation to survive and to conquer. I'm actually doing pretty good. So, um, no worries, sir. But, um, now in the world of work, it's, it's difficult because you can't really maintain your sanity without work, without a financial source. And so if you don't have that financial source, everything goes downhill. But nowadays, what I'm experiencing, for instance, is things on like YouTube where you're going out there and you're looking for new opportunities such as work from home opportunities or you're looking for gig work or you're looking for that employer who needs something remote and they have ridiculous requirements such as these vaccines. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, okay, this one company, I gotta tell you about this one company. Okay, they just, and it was a super easy job. All you gotta do is like listen to people or whatnot. I don't even know if like, like, the lady that was reporting on it was, like, five months ago, and she does say that the, the links expired, so, so this job probably does not exist any longer. But they were requiring... <laughs> this is so funny. Okay, it's a remote work-from-home job, but they're requiring the vaccine. I'm like, you're at home, so who cares? You probably have everything shipped to you anyways. What good is the vaccine going to be? But this is how ridiculous our economy is getting right now. Like, there's no sane thoughts going on here. And exactly why are you pushing this? I mean, you're pushing it like crack. You're pushing it like drugs. I mean, worse than drugs. 
I mean, at least I don't have people coming up to me, at least not now in my 50s, going, here's some heroin or cocaine or something like that nature, and you must take it. Like, you don't have that in the real world. But when you have the government actually telling you, oh, you must do this before you can actually work a, a job because you might come in contact with the mailman or something of that nature, that's pretty ridiculous, okay? So they've gotten to the point of ridiculousness to where nobody's taking them seriously anymore. I wonder if they know that. Somebody pass that on, okay? But what another thing that I've realized is that being here in America... Like, you can go ahead and throw practicality out the window. So, I mean, you could be just the person getting by. You know, you got your little car, you got your little place or whatnot. You're just trying to get through life. You're not stirring up any competition or anything. You're not buying anything glamorous or anything because you just don't make that kind of money. And people are still going to mess with you because I don't exactly know why. But they're going to mess with you. And I guess it's because they're low lives. No, I don't have to think. They are low lives, okay? I don't have to think about that. Now that I say it, they are low lives because nobody attacks somebody else unless they're low life, okay? And so that goes from anybody of any economic class if you're messing with somebody else. it. Let me just put it this way. If you're not benefiting your neighbor, you're a horrible person, okay? Go check yourself at a mental institution and just save the rest of the world from your... Crap. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there. Okay, so anyways, with that being said, um, like for instance, people are just throwing people under buses nowadays. I mean, they just don't care. Like, whatever happened to be kind, it's like, be kind, be kind. Just be kind to one another. You don't have to say anything, but, um, and, and customer, some of the customer service reps, now there's two kinds. There's the ones that are amazing. They will go out of their way give you some advice on what you can do about a situation and I had that actually happen with an insurance agent and where I I spoke to one lady and she left me so infuriated I was ready to hurl my phone out the window never talk to anybody again then I remembered I had a podcast so I couldn't do that so anyways um she was horrible she was such a horrible person I'm like I need to speak to your supervisor because you're not why why are you in this job? <laughs> she was that bad. And you know, I'm I'm not the kind of person where I would say, well, "Let me talk to your supervisor. I think you should be fired." No. No. I'm the kind of person that says, "Okay, let me talk to your supervisor so I can tell your supervisor why you need to be retrained because I really do believe as long as people have a positive attitude, you know, they still got to pay their bills and some of that nature. You know, a person can be retrained and be the kind of person that they're supposed to be at that company. Um, maybe they can take them on a couple outings. I don't know. Maybe some Girl Scout outings or something. Or maybe send them to a church convention. Or, I don't know, take them to a nice dinner or something. But this person, this this evil person that I was talking to was so miserable that she was making my life worse. And she's supposed to be working customer service. And I'm like, why is she with the company? Like, who's she related to in this company? Like, because they obviously don't care about her because she's she's putting her stuff on me and I'm already going through my own time. I don't need her to make it two, three times as worse. And she definitely needs retraining, okay? So retrain. Just just go retrain your employees, okay? That's what you need to do. Now, um, 
So I know a lot of people are miserable and you know, this is a time when you're called to be fierce. I mean, you need to be fierce, but not in a bad way, in a good way. You need to be a good type of fierce. You need to be protective type fierce. You need to protect your neighbors. You need to protect your friends. You need to protect innocent strangers who are caught up in the crossfire. You don't need to tear them down. Those people that tear others down are straight from the pits of hell. Those people need to be eliminated, okay? Yes, of course. Or retrain until they draw their demons out or something. I don't know. But this is a time where communities need to come together and they need to be supportive. And, you know, being a diabetic, you're already in a vulnerable spot as it is. Because, um, let's say your doctor tells you you have to start injecting tomorrow or else you're going to end up with, you know, like, no kidney function and stuff of that nature. I mean, you got to be prepared for that. Always be prepared for that. But always try to conquer it to where uh, your survival will mean that you don't need it. So eat right so you don't need it, right? But, um, okay, so back to the, the online work opportunities, quote, unquote. Let me put little asterisks around that. Um, I don't really think there are any. I'll be honest with you. Um... The thing is, is what I've found online, and I mean, I've, I've spent hours and hours and hours searching for legitimate online opportunities. Now, either my stellar resume just does not resonate with them, which is kind of funny. Um, I've had people ask me if I was truthful on it. I'm like, yeah, I'm 100% vert. You know, I am 100% positively sure that my resume has my work experience on there, where I've worked, what I've done. That stuff is for real. I've done that stuff. If you want to push me off as somebody who hasn't, although that's your problem, not mine. Um, one of the things I've noticed that on my resume, this is kind of funny too. I'll put one or two jobs on there. I'll get the job. And they pay a really crappy amount. And I'm really unhappy. And it's <laughs> just, you get what you get. So I've omitted information, yes, because... When you actually see, like, my 10-year history or 20-year history on work, you're just like, wow, we should have hired her, like, wow, a long time ago. Where, like, she can't be that much of a rock star. Like, really? But yeah, I, I have been in the customer service industry a very long time, of course. Um, it's mainly in sales. I do best in sales, not necessarily customer service. And I'll tell you why. Sales, I'm motivated by money. So, uh, when it comes to customer service, yeah, I'll provide it, but I believe it's a benefit, like sales, it's more of a benefit to be customer service oriented as compared to you just being shoved in a customer service box where there's no incentives except for your paycheck. It's kind of lame, actually, when you don't have any incentive to actually work. So, um, yeah, so I, I do have, a, you know, a slight experience in sales and tips and stuff of that nature because that's what spurs even though it doesn't pay very much like i've never received okay i gotta take that back i have received some pretty good tips but um that was before the whole economy collapsed now it's just like mm, tips here and there you know not really anything significant to where i'd remember a person um but you know the whole world's changing and so i went from you know, 
one way of work to another way of work and I'm kind of like put in a box now where you know there is commission but it's so little that it's kind of laughable um, I'm not gonna tell my boss that but I, I do like the cause and so that's that's the reason why I'm like okay 50 cents commission okay yeah all right sure okay whatever might cover the taxes on that probably not um, <laughs> so it's not so even though it's like based on commission it's not really desirable so I had a second interview yesterday and um, I was reading instructions that said show up five minutes early you know you're gonna have a zoom meeting blah 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 well I had traded phones from the Android phone to the Apple phone and no, it's a cheap Apple phone, so don't get me wrong. It's like government program phone, okay? So um, I, I traded to this Apple phone, not realizing that I couldn't just click the link at the time that I was required to be there, that I was going to have to download Zoom, the meeting portion or whatnot. I had no idea I had to do that. So when I clicked the link, then it directed me to download it. And of course, it took much longer. It took 10 minutes to download it. And I'm like, well, great. I'm five minutes late getting into this interview. This is horrible. So, of course, I text the person right away. No response. I try going to the meeting. I'm blocked from it. And I'm here thinking, that's okay. I didn't really like the job anyways. I mean, it paid stellar once you got up to the top, but it was also selling something I don't believe in, which is life insurance. I call it death insurance. And I'll tell you why. As a single person with no children and with with no significant other I really don't care how my bills get paid when I die I don't care I just don't care at this point like you can take and strip everything away from me if you want to I I just I don't care I have nothing to hand down to anybody I mean I do have stuff now but um, when I die I don't care how my bills get paid I'm not I don't care how how the world's gonna continue to run when I'm dead I'm dead I've already left my body and hopefully my spirit's gone somewhere more pleasant. So, um, yeah, so like if you have a family and stuff and you want your kids, you know, to be able to survive in today's tough economic times, yeah, by all means, you know, get life insurance. I'm sure it'll do you great. But I have a whole problem with the whole insurance industry to begin with. I have not seen anything where... You know, the government's attacking all these businesses and stuff, but why don't they attack insurance? I mean, like, car insurance is ridiculously expensive, and what good do you get out of it? Because the thing is, is like, let's say you buy a car off of a dealership and you're making payments. If you're in an accident, you know, that all that money that you're actually spending on insurance is going to go to that company. It's not going to you. They don't care... For instance, how you're going to get back and forth to work. You're just going to have to figure it out. So regardless if it's your fault or not, you're not going to get a damn thing. You may not even get a rental depending on what agreement that you signed when you signed up for your insurance. Or it may cost too much to where it's not even, it doesn't even make any sense. But, you know, they're attacking jobs, they're attacking people, they're attacking taxes, they're attacking people's health care. I mean, we're going through an, a whole bombardment of ridiculousness that shouldn't even occur. I mean, the stress levels are through the roof. For anybody not to have anxiety right now is, is 
is, I mean, that's great. I'm, I'm so glad your life's planned out and you don't have to listen to the media and the news and have to worry about where you're going to work next or what you're going to eat or where you're going to live or how you're going to get back and forth to work. But for the majority of us, we have to worry about these things. So anyways, um, you know, looking for gigs, which aren't going to kill me, like, um, there are a couple of, of gigs. One was Roadie, and Roadie is one of those gig apps where you can go to like a Walmart or something like that and you pick up somebody's crap. And there's like 120, 180 pieces or whatnot. <laughs> something ridiculous like that. And they'll give you $10. <laughs> I'm like laughing because people are like, oh yeah, an opportunity to make money. But when you see how much you have to haul and and, you know, like you see an item in there that's like 500 pounds and you have no idea how you're going to get it in your car to begin with or how you're going to get it out, then it becomes a problem. So, um, yeah, Roadie's not necessarily a good app. I've, I've actually asked for, um, you know, jobs that I can actually do, like, you know, like maybe, you know, like some groceries or something, kind of like the way Postmates used to be, where you would actually go into a store like CVS or... Uh, Walmart or something, you pick up like a couple items for somebody, you know, you go in there, you pay for it. Still irritating as heck, but, you know, you, you, you pay for, for it using a corporate card and then you go take it to the person who, who needs it. You know, I had one person just wanted uh, dry erase markers for their classroom. Heck yeah, I'm going to go to the store, get that for him and deliver it to him. And they were very thankful because they didn't have a car, you know. So I happened to have the car. I had the necessities to actually get that and I got paid a whole whopping $4.00. Yay me! Um, not necessarily worth time spent, but you know you get enough gig opportunities that that'll work for you. But the new roadie, um, which is you know obviously not Postmates, and Postmates is kind of like bought out by Uber, and Uber's a crap company. I'll be honest with you. Um, roadie's not not good at all because they're just not paying the proper amounts to actually get loads done. So, I mean, after you do the math of how, how many miles you're going to have to drive out there to get the gig after they accept you, and the fact that you have irresponsible people working at Walmart who will, um, uh, let's say, um, decide that they don't need you after you get there. <laughs> and then you got to turn around and go back, and you're just like, wow, I just wasted gas. That's just great. So glad Rody is paying attention to that stuff because I drove like a mad woman to get there by their little time slot. And I actually made it in time. And by the time I actually pulled into Walmart, they had decided that they were going to cancel on me. Lovely. So you canceled on me when I could have actually taken this order to whoever you needed me to take it to, but you decided to cancel. So, but the thing is, is not only did they cancel on me, but then... Uh, they put it back out there for somebody to accept again. So I accepted it again. They canceled on me again. So I accepted it again. They canceled on me again. I, this went back and forth five or six times with uh, Rody and Walmart messing with me. Here I am, perfectly capable of picking up this order, drove all the way out there, uh, followed their rules or whatnot, these ridiculous rules that they have. And, you know, this is these are apps designed to help their friends out, not necessarily to, to help out people that they don't know or people that they hate. So um, I didn't get the gig and wasted my time out there, you know, 1030 at night. Um, that's, that's what the apps look like. Okay, so Lyft. Let's talk about Lyft for a minute here. So Lyft will hire people on, and as you know, they're failing. They didn't make their, they did not succeed in making their goals, which when I, when I worked at Uber, I kind of knew what would happen. 
and with Lyft, they they allowed me to see upfront pricing for two days, and then after that, they decided to take that off. And even though they, I got the two days of upfront pricing, they uh, didn't have any rents for me, like none. Like there's like two the whole freaking day. I think I made six dollars one day. It was horrible. Um, you don't want to count on the gig apps at all because <laughs> they're just not working in certain areas. Maybe they're working great in like New York or Dallas, Texas or Los Angeles or maybe Phoenix, Arizona, but they're just not working out in, in you know the hicks in the country, at least not for me. So for whatever reason, they decided that I was not going to get paid what everybody else is getting paid. And I had tried over and over again. DoorDash, another one. This is food delivery. Food delivery, only they're going to black out all hours to where they're not going to allow me to work all freaking day, except for this particular half an hour between 7.30 and 8. That's it. That's the only times they're going to allow me to work, and I actually do make like 20 bucks on that. Eh, 18, 20 bucks. But that's it. And I might be able to work extra if they allow me to, but otherwise they're not going to. So people, this is not independent contractor work. This is employee work where you work a set hours mandated by your employer, not mandated by you. So why are they controlling the hours? Uber did not do that. Uber allowed me to work anytime I wanted to, but you know, we were limited to 12 hours a day and they kept me very busy. And um, when they actually deplatformed me, they they literally catapulted me into poverty over nothing after working for them for four years. Now I started off uh, doing deliveries, and I did food deliveries for years, and I had only done the the rideshare for a few months. And honestly, I was not a fan of it, but it was actually working. Um, it did pay a lot per, per customer, but the thing is, is like if you racked up a bunch of customers in your car and you took them back and forth and stuff of that nature, then you could actually make good money as long as you kept busy. Like if you worked that full 12-hour shift, it was definitely work it, worth it. But if you only worked a couple of hours, totally not worth it. So that's why I kind of, I was kind of like laughable because here people treat the gig economy as something that, you know, you do part-time, you don't do full-time. But I found doing it full-time actually did fare out fairly well. So, so I'm still exploring my options. Um, I don't find too many options today in today's market. Um, I probably will lose a lot because of the way the economy's stagnated and the fact that people are angry at each other and they're out to, you know, just throw darts at each other or something and I think we all need to take a step back and say okay wait we're not the problem our problem is the decisions that the president is making to disrupt the economy okay so like I'm, I'm sure that if you unless you live under a rock you, you should know about the the surplus shortage or the um not surplus shortage, it's the um, fuel shortage for the truckers. You cut off the fuel and you cut off uh, people actually being able to get food, water, uh, health supplies, etc. And this is not good. This is, this is domestic terrorism. So isn't this funny how 
um, several years ago, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, Biden had said something about getting rid of domestic terrorism. He said this in a speech years ago, I promise you. This is what he said. And now it's like the same thing he said coming out of his mouth is the same thing that he's pulling, he's playing. So I guess when I lose everything, I have somebody to thank for it. Who do you think I'm going to thank? Thanks, Biden, for making me homeless. Thank you so much. Like if that actually occurs, which there's a good chance of that happening if I cannot work something out, you know? Um, what happens to you after you lose your job with Uber? Well, one, they just tell you you can't be on the platform anymore. And they got, they got millions of people actually applying for those jobs. They don't need you. They can fire you for any reason at any time, which is really sad because once you lose your job, especially if you are a daily worker and you're cashing out daily and, and you're actually paying your bills <laughs> based on that, like, okay, I got enough to pay this bill or I got enough to pay that bill now. So you're paying your bills regularly because you have this daily pay. You're literally left with nothing when once you lose your job except what you made the day before. So hopefully it's a full 12 hours. If it's not a full 12 hours, you're screwed. So they could have, and I can only guesstimate why they would actually just let me go like that. Um, one, maybe I was costing them too much money or I was doing it wrong. Maybe I started thinking about this. Maybe I was doing it wrong. And maybe they just wanted part-time workers because a part-time worker only work like three to four hours and only pay them for like 40 bucks as compared to how much I was making. I was making some good money. It was okay, you know. I'd go out there, make my money, and come home. But the pay always fluctuated. I never knew what I was going to get paid. Um, but I knew that if I put in a 10-hour day, I'd at least get make 100 bucks, At least. And um, so now it's, it's like I'm working a job part-time where I'm making like $40 a day. It's, it sucks because um, I've had to tell everybody, I'm sorry, I can't pay the bills because I'm working a job, you know, five, sometimes six days a week now but I can't actually pay any of my bills. So this is what the economy has come down to. So you go online and you start looking for these online jobs and there aren't any, it's just all a bunch of scam works or, you know, it may not even be intentional. Like some people, they put up links and then they expire and, and or the job doesn't need those people anymore. But that's what I'm finding 100% of the time is somebody's already gotten there. Like there's no fresh leads out there and I'm just like, what's going on people? Or now, now they're getting so ridiculous, they want you to pay for work. And, you know, there's, of course, there's always going to be that desperate person that does that. And, um, it's, it's just getting ridiculous. So, the pandemic, now that the pandemic's over with, and now funding has been cut and stuff like that, um, you're going to find a lot of this, uh, where it's just downright terroristic. And this is not being nice, folks. This is being downright cruel. So if you're going to make uh, some diabetic girl like me lose everything based on the fact you may not like me or you may thought that I didn't work hard enough or something, you need to get yourself checked in a mental institution. I'm just telling you because I'm not the problem. You're the problem. And if you're going to be the problem, you, you need to choose if you're going to be the problem, if you're going to be the solution. And if you're going to be the problem, I hope that you have like an anchor tied around your legs and somebody throws you out in the middle of the ocean because we don't need problems. Diabetes is a hard enough disease to actually have to deal with on a regular basis. We have to watch 
everything that we consume, everything that we put in our mouth. We have to make a decision. If those crackers that we eat are going to raise our blood sugar too high to where we can't control it, and are we going to have issues with that later on? We're already having enough issues with our health. We have to control it through diet and exercise. Have to. It has to be done. But when you further, when you further um, ridicule, tease, um, bring down, or downright belittle somebody who has diabetes, um, you're a horrible person. So, yeah, I really do hope that, you know, you go play in traffic and get hit by a car or something because you don't need to be messing with other diabetics. And people, I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. They're taking out people who they think they are, that are weak. They're taking out people who they think are the problem. And if you're trying to provide a solution for your community and people are trying to take you out, obviously, uh, there's a problem with that. And I, hopefully, I would, I would say, I would hope every diabetic person not only takes care of themselves, but they also take care of their community. Like, like when you meet a diabetic, tell them that there is a solution. Hopefully, if you found it, just like I did, I hope that you share that message with them because they need that. That's going to give them peace of mind that they can actually do something about their disorder. I'm not saying it's a, like keto is a golden fix by any means. I mean, because, you know, you can still destroy your pancreas. And some people are so far gone to where nothing will work. But I mean... The one person that gave me hope um, was Dr. Bernstein. Dr. Bernstein, the type 1 diabetic that came out with a keto diet to actually help other keto patients, people like Sarah Hallberg, doctors like Dr. Uh, Eckberg, even Dr. Berg's coming out with awesome things. Or what about the guy who created the Plant Paradox book? Uh, he's here talking about lectins. I almost forgot his name, but Dr. Gundry, okay? Dr. Gundry, and he's even talking about, you know, how the avocado is like the best fruit ever. And it really is. Avocado is an amazing fruit. You can afford it, buy it. Go to the store and you can't afford anything else, buy some avocados. It's, it's just like a nutrient-dense powerhouse superfood. It's amazing stuff. So, um... I was very disappointed. Sam's Club didn't have any avocados. I'm like, they flew off the shelves. I'm like, oh my goodness. I also noticed the eggs went up in price. So, you know, the same eggs that I bought for $6 at the beginning of the year. But now, mind you, there's like 60 eggs in there. It's ridiculous. I'm just like, they were so undercharging for the eggs to begin with. They really were. Uh, you know, like, you know, like anywhere between $8 and $10. Fair market value, right? That's like $20 now. And it's even higher in, in other areas of the country. And these are not even the type of eggs you need to eat because you need to eat, eat like the grass-fed chicken type eggs or something of that nature. You don't want grains. So, I mean, you got to think down to like a, a, a micro scope of what they're actually eating. And even then, you just don't know. <laughs> so, especially in today's economy where people lie. <laughs> like, it's like nothing. Um, but it's getting tough out there. It really is. I mean, people need access to fresh, whole foods. They do not, you know, you need to go to your local farm and just see what, 
what they're actually serving there. And I actually did have a lady. She's like, wow, sounds like... And actually, it's the same insurance lady I was actually talking to. I mean, she's super nice. And I think I'm going to keep their company forever for at least as long as I can maintain it. But um, because, you know, she really started talking to me on a personal level, such as what diet she's on. We actually started talking about diet. It was great. And she was telling me she's a vegetarian. And I'm like, oh, well, there's a doctor you can check out. Check out Dr. Guntree. Um, the reason why I say that is because of the plant paradox. Now, he's not like a vegetarian or anything, but a lot of his, um, like he combines a little bit, a little bit of meat and like a whole lot of vegetables and stuff of that nature. But he also talks about how to cook out lectins. And um, I've talked about le lectins before. Dr. Gundry is probably an expert at talking about it. I mean, after all, he's done the research on it. And he really does deserve all the praise on it but lectins um, him being a heart surgeon and such he found what actually uh, destroys the heart and why people have heart complications and that is the lectins that you eat you know like the silly killer tomato it really is a killer tomato is full of lectins you need to take the, seed, the, the skin off you need to take the seeds out before you consume that so the Italians were absolutely right okay um, so we're dealing with a really weird community and like, at least I am, I'm dealing with a really weird community. I mean, where it literally feels like no matter where I turn, it, it feels like terrorism going on because people are either raising the prices beyond reason with food or, you know, taking jobs away or doing all kinds of nasty stuff and there there are still homeless people out there that are getting literally no help i mean we've totally disregarded these people as losers or something when all they were trying to do is go back and forth to work and the next thing they know they lost their job and now i'm, I'm finding myself in the same predicament so um and it, it's, it's really weird because I always wanted to be like one of those advocates for say, that said things such as, let's help these people, let's give them, let's help them. A lot of people on the streets are already dealing with enough, enough junk as it is. And we certainly don't need to be piling more garbage on top of them with fake jobs, scams, schemes, um, you know, fake housing or fake... Um, oh, here's another big one is, is fake... Um, government help and I mean we're talking fake because nobody qualifies for it I mean maybe if you fit in their little box of having like 10 children or something yeah sure you'll get it but um or income requirements like you can't make any more than $300 a month before you know we'll give you this so we don't think that you need this well you know in my world yeah I do need it I make more than $300, so <laughs> I need to qualify for your program, what you're actually offering. I would not have even wasted my time on your site if I thought I didn't qualify. So, and they don't have, like for instance, they need advocates out there. They need to hire advocates. If they want to go ahead with a bunch of this bonus money to offer to for public assistance or whatnot, they need to create advocates to actually help people to find um, how to get out of the situation that they're in and uh, to actually be kind of like that, that light source like yeah hey you qualify for this because what they did here in Huntington West Virginia is they had this amazing mountaineer rental assistance where technically speaking if you were just going through COVID 
Uh, just about everybody qualified for it. They decided to cut the funding from that. And not everybody was rich. I mean, it was like rich middle class. I had actually talked to somebody at, um, it was one of the uh, cell phone stores. And he's like, even I qualified for that. And I'm here thinking, he probably makes anywhere between thirty dollars and $40,000 and he qualified for this? Well, certainly little me, who's only making between fifteen, maybe 15000 I don't make very much a year which is the reason why I'm doing a podcast. Um, I certainly qualify. And of course I did. And when you go to the website, it's like 18 months of assistance. I'm like, oh, finally. I finally seen the light. I could finally actually exist in life without having to like live out of a tent or something. And then, so I, I get going on with life and life happens and Next thing you know, I not only lose my, my little Uber job or whatnot, but then the funding gets cut off all at the same time. And so I'm thrust into poverty once again. Can't get out. This vulnerable, vulnerable adult who's now uh, has to apply for disability, which I probably will not get, um, is probably going to end up homeless. And I'm just like, you know, I've, I've done this route before. I don't want to do it again. I, I don't have any other options, though, because if nobody will hire me, what other options do I have? So the only thing I can do is get my voice out there and say something, which is the reason why I have this podcast to begin with. Okay? So I've experienced this before. I know other people who have experienced this. People have asked me for solutions on, on places like Quora, but yet nobody really wants to take care of the fact of the matter that this happens to people. They think it's funny. I don't think it's funny. I don't think that it's funny that anybody has to go through the situation of being homeless. This is absolutely soul-destroying. It's not only soul-destroying, but it creates a PTSD and actually makes a person worse. And here's the thing. I do what I can for other people when I have it. Like, for instance, if I can give it, I give. If I don't have it, I can't give. I have to kind of laugh it off because I'm like, oh, yeah, you want satin sheets. Okay, great. Well, I don't have satin sheets myself. I don't have an extra spare set of satin sheets, and I certainly don't, can't afford to actually buy you any. I can't even afford it for myself. But if I did, if I could afford it for myself, I would certainly buy it for you. Okay, that's just my personality. That's just what I do. So, um, unfortunately, um, because of my fierce independence to be able to, to, to take care of myself and to provide for myself, it has uh, deleted me from many of the programs that are actually out there. Um, for instance, uh, disability, for instance. Um, I can only make, like, one of the, the qualifications is you have to make less than $1,000 a month. And I'm like, how in the world can I survive on less than $1,000 a month? How can anybody survive on less than $1,000 a month? Now, last year, I qualified for $1,400. This year, I'm only looking at $1,100 because I worked for Uber. Thanks, Uber. Thanks a lot. But I actually believed in what they were doing and what they were trying to achieve. That was my fault. My fault was believing in a company that was a piece of crap. 
because you don't just deplatform somebody because you want to. I think that, like, when I look back on it, um, all I had done is I had watched a video on YouTube, and they were talking about how California has, like, upfront fares, and they were saying, like, you're not an independent contractor unless you have upfront fares. And I'm, like, going, well, that's strange. They've had upfront fares now for, like, six months or so. How come I don't have upfront fares? So... I had actually made a comment when they had asked me about on a satisfaction survey what I thought about the company or what needed to be improved. And I'm like, well, do you think that West Virginia can have upfront fares like California does? Next thing I know, I'm deplatformed. So that's the only guess as to why um, I was deplatformed. When I actually contacted them, they said, we've sent you numerous warnings. So I'm here scrolling through my Uber because I still have access to that. I'm scrolling through my Uber. I see absolutely no warnings about whatever they're talking about. I go through my email, thinking it went to my old email box. I'm here scrolling through it. I see nothing. So I contact them back and I say, there's, there's like no notices. So could you please show me one of these notices? They're like, oh, you know. You know what it is. And I'm here going, I do? Like, seriously? Deer caught in the headlights. So I'm thinking my next steps. And they're like, going, well, we wish you the best on your endeavors. I'm like... Oh, well, thank you so much for wishing, wishing me the best on my endeavors of starvation and homelessness. I really appreciate it because none of these other gig work companies are working properly. The economy's going down the shit shithole. And uh, Biden's actually cutting programs left and right, and he already has. Um, it seems like everybody just wants the demise of other people. So then I'm, I'm, I'm guided to Section 8, right? So I go to the Housing Authority, which I applied for last year, by the way. And they lost my application back in November. And they're like, well, you didn't respond properly. I'm like, well, maybe that was because I was living out of a motel room at the time. Yeah, sometimes I lived in a motel room. And um, I'm like, the paperwork that you gave me, I didn't get until like a month later when um, I finally did get my mail. And you guys just canned me from the program. They're like, well, we have many applicants, so we can't just wait on you a month. I'm like, okay. So you're going to have to reapply. I'm like, this will be like my fourth time reapplying or was it the fifth? I don't know. I lost count. But I mean, if you have to keep applying for something that you're never going to get anyways, what's the point? Because by the time they get back to me, I won't be living here. Because it'll take years before they actually get back to me. So I hop in my little car that I still have and I drive all the way down to the uh, office for Section 8 housing. And there's nobody there because nobody is working there unless it's remotely. So I call them up. I'm like, I'm here at the office. It says at the cutoff date, you got to be here between 9 and 11. There's nobody here. They're like, oh, we're not really taking applications. I'm like, well, I'm on the last application day and it said to be here between this time and this time and nobody's here. I'm like, seriously, people, there's no help out there. There's no help. There's no hope. I'm keeping hope, but there's no hope out there right now. So I'm working for a company right now, part-time. So it's not enough to cover my bills, pay rent, or make my car payments or insurance or anything, right? And um, I'm working for companies such as UNICEF, you know, Doctors Without Borders, a uh, news station. And I'm raising hundreds of dollars every day, yet I'm, a, I'm making like $40 a day to survive off of. I can't even get a motel room for that. I will be living out of my car. Oh, wait. I can't even make my car payment. I'll be living on the streets. 
for now, I'll, I'm working a job, because, but as soon as I become homeless, I won't even be able to do that, even to raise funds for UNICEF or for Doctors Without Borders or for this news station, WHYY, or anything that, you know, people actually rely on to, you know, report their news, you know, inaccurate news, but still their news. Um, and I shouldn't say inaccurate. Okay, I take that back. I have no idea. I've never watched their station. Okay, I take that back. But um, this is the reality of my world. And here I am, the diabetic girl, just trying to survive in this world that's going to shit. The one thing that I did do, which I was very happy to do, though, was contact the White House. And I, I would actually encourage anybody who's in America to do that. Um, and if you're going through problems, write them and tell them. Because the one thing that I did do several months back is I, I complained about the gas prices. And it was back when gas was, at least here in West Virginia, which is actually a killer, uh, gas was climbing 540 a freaking gallon, and, you know, I was only making like a, 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 a pittance of $4 and change at Uber, and I was looking at the difference in pay, I'm like, okay, well, they need to pay for at least a gallon of gas. I've always, I've always done my marketing on, based on that, um, or my work based on that. That's how you're making a profit, is you need to make some a little bit more than a gallon of gas per customer. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't making that. So I wrote the White House, because I was losing. I had lost my savings just trying to keep my job with Uber. Just trying to make it um, during that period of time. Yeah, I was applying for other work, and again, I was getting avoided. I, I got my resume on Indeed. I got my resume on other things, too. But I was getting avoided. But what really blows me out of the water is, you know, I'll be kind to strangers. I'm, I'm just that way. Um, but also I have questions, too. And, like, people don't. Like, I'm kind of unusual because people don't really talk to me about certain things. But then they talk to me about other things. But um, I do have friends. <laughs> this is the thing, though, is, you know, I'm here trying to tell my, my problems to my friends. And my friends are like, well, don't you have any family? I'm like, Yeah. My family's basically said, don't you have any friends to get help from? I'm like, uh... So they're, you know, the point finger at each other and like, then I'll have somebody say, um, don't you attend church? <laughs> and then you go to the church and the church says, don't you have any family? <laughs> so this has been a wild ride of finger pointing like, we can't help you, go away. It's really sad. So if people want to know how people become homeless, this is exactly what happens. You take a perfectly good girl. Uh, she might have a minor defect like diabetes that she was she inherited from her parents and and um, you know, bad dieting, bad diets, you know, like the food pyramid. And the next thing you know, the person's homeless. There's no drugs or alcohol involved, people. And everybody can become suspect to it. Okay, which brings me to my point. I'm going to go ahead and throw uh, an app up called, not throw up, but throw, put on an app. <laughs> Let me correct those words. It's called Venmo. And I'm going to help you out, and you're going to help other people out, and that's going to help me out too. So with Venmo right now, and this, this may not be in the future, so sign up now. If you've ever heard of Venmo... It's basically where you can send money to friends, which is kind of cool. All right. So um, 
I get something out of it, you get something out of it, and then somebody you know gets something out of it. And if you don't know anybody, you can know me and actually send it back to me. Which, you don't have to, but you could. You signing up for the app's good enough for me. But I'll go ahead and have that link in my description. So please feel free to click on the link or put it in your search bar and uh, send me some good vibes because I'm going to get through this being the diabetic girl. I think that um, especially around the world we need to support each other. Now Venmo is an app. Um, I believe not only could it be used in the United States but it can actually be used outside of the, the United States. So sign up your friends. I mean, ten free ten bucks. I mean, come on, go ahead and just sign up for it, just so you can at least get the ten dollars, right? Um, but the whole thing is, is uh, they send you some money as soon as you send money to somebody else, and you get the ten dollars, I believe. So that actually works. My brother actually signed me up for that several years ago, and I was like, okay, cool. Back then, it was only like five bucks. So this is a nice app, kind of like. Um, No, Venmo's the best. <laughs> I was going to say the Cash App, but Cash Apps are being kind of funny. They... Cash App... Now, the problem with that one was um, they do the same thing where it's like $5 for you and your friends or whatnot. But then they take it away. So I don't really trust the Cash App. But Venmo's a little bit different because I checked my balance and it's not much. It's only like 15 bucks, But I still have that 15 bucks there. So, um... And it's because one of my referrals actually went through... But that's what I'm excited about, is the fact that that you can actually, like, if you end up in hard times, you can at least, if, if you get your friends to sign up for the app, or you get your family to sign up for the app, like, when you need that extra spot of money or whatnot, they can send that to you. And not just in, in increments of, like, $5, $10, but you can do, you know, 50 or 75 or however much they go up to. I'm not quite sure. I think it's up to 300 I think. But go ahead and sign up for the app. Or you can just send your thanks too. So like if I if I've actually pinpointed something that'll actually help you on your diabetic journey, or I've inspired you and you wanted to send me five bucks or a hundred or something, then you can do that as well. So I'm not gonna say no to money because I don't make hardly anything on Inker anyways. I just do the the Inker app because I can get my voice out there. Alright, so I wanna just thank you for listening and supporting my channel and so glad that I'm on so many different platforms it's like amazing you guys are amazing by the way um, thank you so much for listening to me for 55 minutes amazing and uh, just make sure to read the descriptions um, and you know what if you know a diabetic person out there who could use a little bit of encouragement I'm usually pretty positive so um, go ahead and share my diabetes, diabetic survival with them as well. Because definitely want to reach out to them. Definitely want them listening. And we are a very select group. We're, we're not a small group either because more and more people are coming down with pre-diabetes or diabetes. And they have nowhere to turn. So at least turn them somewhere in the right direction because I do mention some great doctors. Have them actually listen from the beginning. If you haven't, uh, please listen to my diabetic survival from the beginning and um there are sometimes when i ask questions and it's good so anyways um i gotta get going because my time's up but love you guys take care be kind to each other don't let let the economy crush you i know it's trying so hard but you know what just keep the faith 
keep positive and know that good things will come to you just think just put out good vibes out there help each other right, thank you and you have a great day it's been margaret coleman frankowitz Thank you.